to start with our teaching for the day. It comes from Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Today, we're going to be talking about winning your race. I don't know what race you are running today that may have you tired, that may have you hot, that may have you a little bit uncomfortable. It might be a race in your marriage. It might be a race in your faith. It might be a race against sin. It might be just a crisis of health that you're going through. I don't know what your race is, but today we're going to talk about winning. Because one thing about God, I talk a lot in Maven House about going through processes and having to go through suffering. But I hope that you guys also know that on the other side of those processes and on the other side of that suffering God has promised us victory he desires for us to be victorious he has given us in his word all the tools that we need to be victorious and so it says let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The same champion that initiated your faith. I don't know when you came to know Jesus. I don't know when he brought you to him, but I'm here to tell you today to remind you through the book of Hebrews, the word of God, the living word of God, that the same Jesus that brought you to where you are is also going to perfect your race. It says that this champion initiates and perfects our faith. And when you look up that word perfects, what it actually means in the original is makes whole. God is getting ready to make whole the race that you're running. So sometimes we hear the word perfection and we're like, okay, so one day I'm going to have a perfect marriage or one day I'm going to have a perfect faith or one day, you know, I'm going to be absolutely perfect, not perfect in the sense that we usually like to imagine because we like to imagine perfection as the complete absence of anything difficult but that's not what God is saying here he's saying I'm gonna make it whole I'm gonna make it mature I'm gonna make it complete sometimes we run and we shy away from processes and we run and we shy away from races and we run and we shy away from things that we know are going to be challenging right? You know, I don't want to take that job because I know that if I take that job, it's going to demand a lot more of me. I don't want to start that ministry because if I start that ministry, it's going to demand a lot more of me. I don't want to, you know, I've heard a lot of, I know on the English call, I have more young adults than on the Spanish call, but some of us are like, you know, I, I don't want to be a mother because man, that's going to be hard. I don't want to get married because man, that's going to be hard. But let me tell you, when God brings something to your life, when he initiates it, he also perfects it, which means that he makes it whole. He makes it mature. He makes it good God's desire is that the things that he's given you in his in your life would be good the word of God says every good and perfect gift comes from above again that word perfect doesn't mean that you know when you have children they're going to be perfect and they're never going to make a mistake and you know they're never going to have um a poop or diarrhea explosion in the middle of the mall. Um, every mom knows that that happens to every single kid. But the point is that it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that it's going to be completely absent of hard moments, but it means that it's going to be mature, tested by fire. If you've ever been with a couple that has been married, I was just the other day with my Uncle Joe and my Uncle Ada. You, you might know them as Pastor Joe and Pastora Ada. They've been married for 50 years. They just celebrated their 50th marriage anniversary last year. They're actually coming up on 51 anniversaries in August. 
And I remember looking at them when they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. They still fight every once in a while. They still crack jokes on each other. They still, I've seen them still kind of get a little bit annoyed at each other. They're not perfect in the sense that everything is all halos and rainbows, but they're tested by fire. They know by now that that other person is going to be there. They're, they're, what they're dealing with is not something immature or in, unstable. It's something whole and mature. And that's where God wants to bring you in whatever you're going through. But how do we do this? And this is where I love the next sentence of, this, of these verses. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, it's talking about Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And so now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. One of the ways that you ensure you win is that you take on the attitude of a winner. The word of God says right here that Jesus is our champion that he knows how to initiate, but he doesn't only know how to initiate. He doesn't only know how to start well. He knows how to finish well. And one of the ways that he does that, it gives an example of it. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured. One of the ways that you begin to think like a winner is you take your eyes off of the things that are difficult and you put a laser focus on what God wants to give you through the process. So again, I was just talking about my aunt and uncle, how they have this 50 year marriage throughout their marriage. They've gone through a lot of things. They lost a son. One of their sons has passed away. They've gone through cancer. They've gone through all these different things. And I'm not giving away anything that they don't give away themselves because they're ministers, they're pastors, but every moment hasn't been perfect. But how have they been able to endure when you take your eyes off of the momentary suffering that you're going through and you begin to, instead of asking God, why, why me? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? Why, why, why? Instead of asking God, why begin to ask him what begin to ask him, God, what is on the other side of this suffering? It says that Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the joy awaiting him. So imagine he's being crucified on a cross, but he's able to endure it because he's thinking the entire time. Time, there's joy on the other side of this. There's joy on the other side of this. I'll never forget giving birth. My first son, I, I had a natural labor with him, no pain meds, no epidural, nothing. And the only thing I can think the whole time, the reason I was able to do it, the reason I was able to endure it, and some of you guys might have been through the same thing, was that I was thinking the whole time, but I'm going to get my baby, but I'm going to get my baby. If you sit there and in the labor room, you're thinking, oh, but my legs hurt, my cramps hurt, this hurts, ew, I just threw up. And you think about everything you're going through in that moment, you're not going to make it, but you do it's one of the most painful things that people repeatedly do no one obviously no one ever goes you know through cancer willingly no one ever goes through you know not I'm not comparing these things I know they're completely different I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody's journey but there are so many painful things in life that people avoid 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 having a baby is one of those things that people continue to do over and over again I'm, I'm already on baby number four like why am I doing this again because yes it hurts but the joy is greater than the pain. And that's what we need to begin focusing on. We need to begin extending our minds. Thinking like a champion is thinking like someone whose eyes are on the victory and not on the temporary discomforts of the race. When you see, if you ever watch the Olympics, when you see these athletes running, these athletes are running 
and they are not thinking. You know that they don't have time to be thinking. If you ever ran track in high school, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so hot right now. The sun is so, I wish I had a glass of water. The sun is beating down on me. I shouldn't have worn this bra. I shouldn't have, maybe they think that right before, maybe they think that right after, but during the race, they have their eyes on the prize. So one of the things I want you to ask yourself today is are my eyes in the right place? Are my eyes fixed on Jesus? It says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The enemy's plan, because it's something that works so well, is to get you to take your eyes on Jesus and put them on everything you're going through. What happened when Peter began to walk towards Jesus on the water? You know the story of Peter walking on water. Jesus was walking on the water. He called out to Peter. He said, Peter, you can do it too. Come out to me. And it says that Peter took steps on the water. This man was walking on water with the only person who can have you walk on water, which was Jesus. But it said that he began to look around at the wind and the waves. And so he began to sink. And Jesus said, you of little faith. And that's what happens to us sometimes. Sometimes we are literally walking on water, but we can't celebrate the victories that we're having because we're so distracted by the things that are not going right. We're so distracted by the things that are not going right that we don't realize that God is in the middle of forming a whole and a perfect. Remember, perfect doesn't mean that it's completely without blemish, but a mature and a stable marriage in your life, a mature and a stable career in your life, a mature and a stable ministry in your life, a mature and a stable character inside of you. God is in the midst of forming it. Don't put your eyes on the winds and the waves because if you put your eyes on the winds and your waves, you're always going to feel like you're losing. Life is full of people who feel like losers and life is full of people who feel like winners. The difference is not usually in what's going on in their life. It's in their perspective. I've seen people go through the worst things in their life and have a perspective of God is going to do something. I'm a child of God. I am going to have victory out of this. He is the author and perfecter of my faith because they're able to endure because they disregard the shame of the cross. Jesus had a cross on his back. And maybe you've got a problem right on your back or right in front of your face today. And you're like, Vanessa, I don't know how to not focus on something that is constantly in my face every single moment, every single day. You've got to learn to disregard it. You've got to learn to make it small. You're not going to be able to make it small physically or in its actual, you know, in its actual or, or change the reality, but you can make it small in your mind. So it says he disregarded it. He disregarded it. And that's literally what it means. When you go to the original of that verse, it means he made it small. He paid little attention. So think about what Jesus is going through. He's on a cross. He's literally currently in the process of being crucified. Just like a lot of you guys might be being, you know, persecuted and crucified in areas of your life. But it said that he focused on the joy set before him. And he disregarded the shame of what he was going through. And now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. If you want to learn how to be seated in places of honor, then you've got to learn how to disregard what is not from God and magnify what is from God. One of the ways we magnify that word magnify is actually where the word worship comes from. When we worship God, when we're praying through it, when we're thanking God, even when it doesn't look like things are going well, then we, be, we begin to change our focus from the bad to the good, from the cross to the joy. What are you focusing on in your life? Every single person in their life right now has a cross 
And every single person in their life right now has joy. But where are your eyes? If your eyes are on the cross, guess what? You're going to feel everything that comes along with that. It's like when you go to the doctor and you're going to get a shot, they tell you to look away, right? Because if you look directly at the shot, well, I'm one of those freaks that I like to look directly at the shot. Something's wrong with me. I know. But I like looking at it. But because I look at it, I feel every single moment. I know exactly what's happening because I'm looking directly at it. If you look away, you kind of get surprised and you kind of aren't sure when it's going to happen. And it seems to go by faster because everything that you look at, everything that you focus on, you're going to feel, you're going to magnify, you're going to intensify. So are you looking at your cross or are you disregarding your cross and focusing on your joy? Are you asking the Lord in prayer, Lord, what's coming out of this? Because it says it that he's the initiator and the perfecter of your faith. Your faith is a certainty of what you haven't seen yet. So God wants to perfect your ability to believe in things you haven't seen. God wants to perfect your ability and make whole your ability to say, yeah, I'm going through cancer right now, but God is going to give me a cancer-free card. Yeah, my mom might be in the hospital right now, but at the end of this, there's victory. Yeah, I might be, you know, they might have told me that I'm, I have all these hormone issues and I'm not able to have a baby, but look at Vanessa. She's on her fourth. I think I might go for my fifth or my sixth. And it sounds crazy to the world because the world doesn't understand it, but this is the mentality of God. This is the kingdom. The kingdom is you disregard your cross and you focus with laser focus on your joy. Now, a few things for you to ask yourself that are here in this verse, and then we're going to go ahead and pray. It says, let us strip off the weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. First thing that I want you to ask yourself, take a quick inventory of your life as you sit down in your time with Jesus this week. What are the things that trip me up? If I'm running this weight, if I'm running this race, what are the things that, are, that weigh me down, that slow me down? It's a strip off every weight. What are the things in my life that are keeping me focused on the cross and not allowing me to see the joy? Maybe it's certain people that you have conversations with. Maybe it's certain habits that you have. It says right here, it says, especially sin. So it's sin, but it's other things too. It's things that, that we have in our lives that sometimes we just allow to persist in our life because we're not thinking like winners. Again, if you're just running in the park because, you know, you just wanted to run, you just wanted to kind of see the scenery, you just kind of wanted to hang out, then you run with a certain intensity. But the second that you're in a race, that you're in a 5K, that you're in a triathlon, that's it. Now you need the best shoes. Now you need, you know, like now you really need things to go well. When you're trying to beat your own time or beat someone else's time, you think differently. And so I want you guys to, when you're sitting with God at some point in this week, when you're journaling, when you're meditating, and if you're not doing that, then I'm going to tell you right now, that's one thing that you need to be doing, because we need to constantly be looking at our lives like winners and saying, what's keeping me from the win? What's keeping me from the win? Yeah, maybe this relationship is fun, but is it, is it helping me win? Yeah, maybe, you know, this, this job that I'm at is, is cool and it makes a lot of money, but is it helping me win? Is it helping me win what I ultimately want to win? And those are things that only you and God can answer. But let go of everything that trips you up. You are an active part of your winning. One thing about God is that he doesn't deliver victory to us like the Amazon guy. You know, he doesn't just put it on your doorstep. Hey, you didn't have to do anything. Here you go. Here's everything you ever wanted. Why? Because he doesn't want us to be weak. God doesn't compare us to people receiving a package. He compares us to racers running a race. So you have a part to play. You have a part to play. You've got to ask God, what is that part? 
You've got to examine in yourself what is holding me back. What's making me negative? What's keeping me from going that extra mile? What's keeping my eyes in the wrong place? Second thing I want you to ask yourself this week. It says, let us run with endurance this race that God sets before us. Second thing I want you to ask yourself is what is hindering my endurance? The first is what's weighing me down or slowing me down. The second is what is tiring me out? The biggest enemies to people running a race, the first is obviously something that's going to trip them up or slow them down, but the second is something that's going to get them tired. And there are things that we do in our life that we are doing. The first is about things that you're doing in your life that are actually hindering you, but there are things that you're doing that you don't realize. They're just tiring you out. I'll give you some examples. This organization tires you out. When you're doing a million things and you're doing them in a disorganized fashion and you're wasting your time and you find out that in order to do five things, you had to take 10 hours. When you are when you live a life without boundaries, that tires you out. When you're serving every single other person in your life, but you're not focusing on your goals. When you are dealing with negative people, that tires you out. There's a lot of things that they're not necessarily hindrances. They're not necessarily stopping you, but they're hanging on you and tiring you out. So ask yourself also, what are those things that are hindering my perseverance? What are those things that if I keep on doing them, I won't be able to do this for very much longer. And finally, it says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The third question I want you to ask yourself throughout this week is how can I focus my eyes more on Jesus? How can I magnify what God is doing in my life? How can I keep my eyes on him? None of this, if you take anything that we do in Maven House as a self-help and you try to do it all in your own strength, then yeah, you're going to think Maven House sucks because it doesn't work on its own. That's why I love this vision that God gave me of the river. And he's like, you got to get in. You're never going to feel the power of the river running alongside it. You're never going to feel the power of Jesus if your eyes aren't fixed on him. So I want to encourage you. I just feel like there's someone who needs to hear today. Go all in. Stop doing things halfway. Stop measuring. You know, I'll go to church this day, but I won't go to church that day because, you know, I got to take a bubble bath. Stop thinking like a person who's doing this for leisure and start thinking as a person who's here to win a race. It's not about competitiveness or, 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 you know, the race to success, but it's about a race to perfection in Christ. Again, not this perfection that we love to paint like, oh, you know, you're going to be singing Kumbaya and without anything going on in your life. No, but you're going to be steady and stable and consistent. That's where he wants you because when you're steady and you're stable and consistent, then you're always ahead. Even if things are going on around your life, you're ahead. You're keeping pace with the author and the finisher, this champion. I love how it calls Jesus the champion because he's already won. The things that you're asking for in your life, Jesus has already won. He already has had the victory and he wants to give you the victory. But we've got to keep our eyes on him. When our eyes are on the winds, when our eyes are on the rains, when our eyes are on the cross, then all we're going to be doing is magnifying the bad, magnifying what is unimportant. Because the truth is that the cross was just a method of getting to the joy set before him. And Jesus understood that. And a lot of the processes in your life, they're just methods for perfecting and completing your character. You've got to understand that. 
you've got to see them as that. Don't see them as your defining characteristic. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm the infertile girl or I'm the single girl forever. I'm 27 dresses. I'm always a bridesmaid. I'm never a bride. If you begin to identify with your cross, then it's always going to be magnified and you're never going to get out of it. But God has placed you in this season so you can run a race towards victory. It is not his will that you would be in difficult seasons forever, but that you would begin to ascend and climb heights and say, you know what? I overcame that. Now I've got a new battle, but now I'm stronger and I'm going to overcome that too. And he has designed us to go from victory to victory. The word of God says in Proverbs, the path of the righteous is like the light of day that gets stronger and stronger until the day is complete. God's desire for you is that your path would be like the light of day. At, at 12 p.m., the sun, especially here in Florida, for those of you guys who are here in Florida, the sun is going to be stronger than it has than it was at 6 a.m. because it is constantly getting stronger and stronger until it starts to wane because the day is complete and God wants to complete what he has begun in you. His goal is that you get stronger and stronger and run this race with endurance until that happens. So let's go ahead and let's pray to close. Lord, I pray for every race that is being run. There are races that I don't know. There are races that I can't see but they are races that are very real for every single one of the women on this call. So I pray, Father God, that you give them endurance and strength in this moment. I pray that you clothe them with strength and dignity. I pray that you give them the ability to see the things that are hindering them and weighing them down, that you illuminate their minds so that they can begin to eliminate, that they be can begin to think like cha champions. Lord, this is not a race of leisure. This is not, we're not running for fun. We're running for victory. And if there's anybody on this call who needs to see themselves as victorious, maybe they have only ever imagined themselves as struggling. I pray that you break that struggling mentality in Jesus' name. I pray that you break that mentality of of just of losing and that mentality, that small mentality. And I pray that you expand their minds so that they can see victory. I pray that as they focus their eyes on Jesus, you would begin to give them more and more faith. You are not only the initiator of their faith that brought them to you for salvation, you are the perfecter of their faith that is gonna give them a faith big enough to overcome any obstacle in their life. I thank you for their marriages. I thank you for their future marriages. I thank you for their family. I thank you, God, because I believe Believe that you are going to give them things that they did not see in their own lives and in their, their past generations. You are going to give them things that nobody in their family has had. Lord, I see in my spirit first generation graduates. I see in my spirit first generation of people who don't get divorced. I see in my spirit people breaking um, health things that run in their family. We break generational curses, God, because you've created us to win. And it is not the same to run without you as to run with you. When we run with you, we run with the champion who has already obtained the victory. So we thank you and we glorify you and we magnify you in this day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. I know a lot of you guys got to go. You